Welcome. Bonjour. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. You're listening to the Dirty Feet podcast on the No More Radio Network. Nous sommes vos animateurs et animatrices. We are your hosts, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Listen in. Écoutez. We're going to move you. This is a special fringe edition of the podcast. One of several episodes recorded while touring the circuit of the Canadian Association of Fringe Festivals during the summer of 2015. Fringe festivals showcase non-curated theatre, dance and other forms of art. You can learn more at fringefestivals.com. This is Stephanie with another Dirty Feet podcast. I'm at the Edmonton International Fringe Festival, the 34th edition, uh, which is running uh, between August 13th and 23rd. So we're at pretty much the halfway mark. Um, I have the pleasure of talking to the lovely uh, director, artistic director of Toy Guns, who we spoke to last year on the podcast. Um, so now we're going to have a little more time to go into depth about um, not only the show they're presenting here at the Fringe um, in a BYOV, so an off-Fringe, if you're familiar with how the Fringe works, uh, but also about his involvement with the artistic community the dance community here in Edmonton year-round. So thank you so much, Jake, for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so, yes, as I mentioned, we're talking to Jake Hasty. So uh, let's just jump right into things. Uh, so last year you had a beautiful show that was quite successful um, in the, this same festival. Can you maybe tell us about that show? Yeah, uh, well, we actually ended up with two two shows uh, that were playing at the Westbury Theatre last year. One was called Propylene Glycol Multodextrin Retinol Palmitate and Other Words I Don't Understand Like Love. And it featured 300 pillows, um, 11 dancer performers, a storyteller, as well as a professional opera singer who was a guest artist with us. And our other production, which we toured to Winnipeg and Calgary, as well as performing in Edmonton, was called Red Wine, French Toast, and the Best Sex You've Ever Had. And in an uncanny turn of events, we ended up having five-star reviews for both. And I was nominated for a directing award, a Sterling Award in Edmonton for the Red Wine. So it's yeah, it was last year was a crazy year for us. Definitely. So that was a, a year filled with excitement. And how did that feed the following twelve months leading up to this summer? Well, amazingly, a week out of the festival, we'd, we'd had both shows held over, but we had some cast changes, which meant that we had to actually teach the entire show to a few new dancers who came in to um, take on roles. And a week after that, we were contacted by uh, Workshop West that runs a local arts festival, and they actually presented one of uh, a new work that the company was developing in their festival. Um, it's called Canoe, and it's uh, International Theatre Festival and we had guests from all over, I mean, people from New York, all over the world, and we actually got to be one of the main stage shows in the festival out of that kind of wonderful fringe success. So we got to do our first two-act. It was a 102-minute show, which is immense, especially in the dance world, to mm -hmm. get that kind of opportunity. So it's, yeah, it's just been... Uh, 
a role that we've been on. <laughs> a role. And, and as far as the company, um, do, uh, do you guys offer workshops? Are you active year-round other than, of course, remounting performances? How do you stay active in the uh, dance community here in Edmonton? Well, we, we have an ongoing um, open drop-in company class. So what we do mm -hmm. is we kind of open it up to anyone. And over the course of the last almost two years, we've basically made it um, free and accessible to all artists. Now that we're in that terrible situation of needing space, we're, we're ending up to ch change that. And we're also working, we might be starting a new kind of corporate partnership with someone where we're going to offer combined classes with one of the drop-in centers in town. But it's been, I mean, that's been one of our big goals is to keep our dancers dancing, which in Edmonton is, is often a struggle. So, I mean, the good women mm. do a fabulous job of offering contemporary training. And with my background being classical ballet, we tend to focus on technical training. So ours mm -hmm. are open more to people who are bridging the gap between movement and theater, but definitely focused on on a technical background. And I see on your website here, toygunstheater.com, for those who are interested in looking a little deeper, um, that classes are quite accessible. Uh, for a 10-class pass, it's only $80. So uh, for those who are here in Edmonton and listening, there's no reason why you shouldn't be training because <laughs> this is quite accessible. Um, is, is accessibility uh, important to you? Is that... Well, what we wanted to do was, was we wanted to be able to keep the classes. Basically, we're just jerks because we needed the classes <laughs> to be um, the right class for the company and for the production that we were doing. So in that way, it was more an invitation to come and dance with us than it was, than it was to offer a more you know, consistent drop-in class. So we have a certain set exercises, and we wanted to make sure that it was viable for people to come in, mm -hmm. but also still really focused on what the company members need. And ours are, like the members of our company have such varied backgrounds that it's definitely a little bit of a different situation. So we'll do, you know, exercises that are more from the theater world that kind of bridge that gap. So we'll do like emotional expression exercises as well as ballet into, you know, contemporary and modern. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very broad range. And I, don't, I didn't want to have to, like if you're going to make people pay for a class, you really have to define it. So of course, we're yeah. kind of like, well, you're the victim of us, but we'll make it financially feasible. <laughs> and these toy guns classes, um, are they for anybody? Are they, or is, do you suggest that people have a certain background or? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's definitely focused on people who are either working towards becoming professional artists or professional artists in one mm -hmm. aspect, because I think that that kind of performance background really translates well into what we do. And that way you have a strength somewhere that you can rely on to, to get through. Cause it's always, I mean, we kind of make that speech at the beginning of each new season when we bring in new artists and we go, you will be terrified of something that happens because we have, you know, I mean, elite graduates from the BFA acting program at the U of A. That's one of the best programs mm -hmm. in the world at the same time as graduates from Toronto dance theater and SFU dance program and Elvin Ailey in New York. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, at some point you're going to be terrified because you're going to see someone coming from a different background do something that you cannot do. And it's kind of going, it's okay because you're, you know, you're here because you're exactly the person we want. And they're the person we need to do something else. So, so speaking of all these different backgrounds, uh, maybe talk a little bit about your background in dance, your training. Mm. I know we touched on it a little bit about a year ago, um, but now we have a little more time to go into depth. So where did it all start, this, this, um, this love for, for movement? Well, uh, 
honestly, my grandmother had an island in the middle of her kitchen and she would teach me dances when I was a kid. So I think that's probably the most honest beginning. And then I decided to be a bodybuilder and then I decided to be a martial artist and then I got into basketball and then I got into acting and then I pursued that, um, uh, you know, verging on professional, like, I mean, throughout high school, I did 39 different productions and was in youth companies and ended up teaching acting at a theater school. And in grade 12, when I f- started to dance, it just cascaded and it was the right thing. And it kind of put together my interest in music because I also played piano and mm-hmm. sang and then everything just came together in dance. And within a year, I was on scholarship at a ballet school here. A year later, I was at the Royal Winnipeg. A couple years after that, I was in Swan Lake in the core and wearing white tights and not quite fulfilled, but very happy. And and then that led to kind of the, the moment where I went, okay, I, I'm missing parts of me. And then my training kind of went back to theater and then into opera and then into directing. And then that slowly kind of led to this where I started to go, okay, well, I'm having these visions. What is this? And then I became very unhappy performing. And I don't know why that happened exactly but I just found no joy in performing anything and then that said okay well what's next and ran away to Europe and came back with a notebook with you know three shows and five little pieces and went all right I guess this is what we're gonna do now and a year later there's a company and a couple years after that we're sitting here on a bench talking (laughs) behind the box office of the fringe festival (laughs) Um, so I, I'm really curious about this need to kind of uh, take yourself out of the performing element of of, of your work and and being the the director. So do you feel it, it allows you to develop the work more in depth or to have a better perspective of it? What's what? How, where did that decision well, start? Well, I think I mean I'm a, like I'm a fairly obsessive person when I get into something Hmm. and I think that for me you know I mean coming out of I mean coming out of the you know the professional program at the Royal Winnipeg and then I ended up retraining with Evelyn Hart for a year where I would fly back and forth to Toronto and and kind of getting to that level of technical training where if you're going to maintain it you're going to be spending hours and hours every day you can't half half ass it it's like you're either in it or not well, and then when I got into music and opera, it became, okay, well, now to maintain that, you know, an operatic, like I was working towards an operatic tenor voice, and you're going, well, this is, the maintenance on that is not cheap, you know, especially when you're starting out in that field. And by the time I would got later into my 20s, I just went, well, I'd, I don't actually have an interest in that. And I think that for me, the only way that I could put my full energy in was to actually kind of retire from those pursuits Mm. so i mean it's still i still now i find joy in it in revisiting it but it's definitely something that i mean when we're when we're in show i am basically stewing you know every waking hour and you know most of the night on on exactly what it is what we're trying to do what it feels like where we need to go with it trying to solve the next problem and i don't think there's any way i could maintain my body just because of my own self and just who i am so i mean i I adore when I see other people who can do it and I go, wow, (laughs) wow, (laughs) that's fantastic. But I don't know how you possibly manage, but. And maybe let's jump into this new show. 
Ooh. Let's talk about the new show because it is um, almost has a site-specific feel to, to the work, which is an important element. Uh, the staging, the the props. I mean, we uh, for those who did see the production last year, there were so many pillows and so many. <laughs> so that I feel like you do work from a very um, from imagery and from from objects. So yeah, I want to know the process well, of this new show. Was, who uh, am I? <laughs> so what is this show? This is one of the ones where it kind of taught me that because, I mean, we'd had both. I mean, we've done both types of shows, some that started from a theme, some that started from an image, often just an image that I saw in my head and drew on, you know, in in notebooks that kind of just became cycled and then slowly became a stage. And and I think I'm learning that those are the ones I enjoy the most is Mm. because it gives you such a broad kind of place to grow from uh this one started out as a stage like something that i was writing for the stage and then it you know i mean the uh, hopefully i'm going to see that vision come to light and then it grew into uh possibly being a back alley show was the initial intention where we would perform on one side of a back alley the audience would be on the other side and there would actually be cars would be able to drive by in the middle of the show so with any of the audience interaction moments we have performers would actually have to look both ways before crossing the street and i kind of loved all those devices and then, yeah, then the parkade came up. We were at a at a networking event in Edmonton called the Art of Conversation, and I met the vice president of West Corp that owns the Varscona Hotel as well as the parkade, and he basically just offered it to us and said, you know, we're big supporters of the art, and we have this, and, and we're not sure why no one want, is using it. And I went, well... I have a show. And then from that, it was, it was finding the design that would allow me to have the world that I wanted mm-hmm. in the parkade. And, and so then if I'm not sure if you've seen what we've created up there, but we've actually created an outdoor arena with 300 pallets wrapping around the corner of the parkade. So the performers are trapped, which is the original image from what we were doing in the stage show. So we somehow managed to create that feeling in that you know it was it was really adapting the space into what we wanted rather than the space informing our show Mm -hmm. which i think is kind of the opposite of a lot of found space work where you kind of work backwards you find some place great and then you kind of pull from that and and we yeah i don't for some reason that doesn't work for me because it always starts as a feeling and an image in my brain so yeah very cool. <laughs> and how, um, as far as the agreement with the actual space, um, with the Varscona uh, Parkade, did you, is there some type of uh, money arrangement or are they really just offering the no, space? They, they were stunning. Like right from, I mean, we were so nervous going to those first, you yeah. know, the first few meetings going, okay, <laughs> what's this going to cost? How are we going to do this? Yeah. And they said, no, we support the arts. And we were like, that's great. But what, what do we, and then, you know, basically we had to insure it and that wasn't that difficult and that was that was it they they offered the whole thing they've been you know partners in trying to take care of some of the production issues because we do have water in the show as well as there's an immense amount of power between you know like our giant industrial lights as well as sound systems so they've they've been nothing but accommodating to us coming in and out in the middle of the night and you know bringing 300 pallets into the parkade that support is is incredible especially with the production within a fringe because we know it's kind of a hit or miss doing the circuit or doing a festival anywhere oh Um, yeah i mean we were we were lucky but i 
you know, I mean, they, they were so wonderful and, and we'd showed them a little samples of our work and, and they were really interested just because of the, you know, kind of the open aspect yeah, of it and they enjoyed it. Course. So, And bringing people out there to enjoy this space and, and yeah. Yeah, well, and that's been been wonderful. I mean, even just the response, like watching people's faces as they come into this kind of weird world. And, and the way that we've set it up is that when they enter, the world is already active. So there's a 15-minute pre-show before we actually mm -hmm. start the production. Mm -hmm. So any, any person who's coming in as you enter the parkade, it's already a living space kind of in this other world. And that's, that's wonderful just seeing the, how that energy builds. Um, so this show in particular, um, of course, I mean, you can't bring the parkade with you, but maybe the, just the who am I part. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, is this something you see remounting in a different uh, space, maybe adapting it for a new uh, site-specific base work? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm always I'm always in between on that just because there's there's always something to me to chase that dream that you started with and mm -hmm. and I know that this one there's a very cool theatrical production on stage with you know with a very unique setup and and it's something that I definitely want to see um but at the same time right now we're experimenting with that the the pillow show we toured to sleep shop showrooms so we actually mm -hmm. did productions in mattress galleries in Calgary and Edmonton we took it to a couple other towns in Alberta and and it was a really amazing kind of experience when you look at the the type of support media that come out yeah. when you're doing something that's really unique but also well done and uh -huh. and so that's we're aiming at doing a national tour of that and i think based on Amazing. how that how that goes we're gonna know where we're at i mean the one sad part of starting a new company is the cost of renting a theater up hmm. front mm -hmm. can can make the choice of whether you can do that production or not and and i think a lot i mean probably a sad statement is that a lot of our found space work was because we said we are doing this show like we are going to find a way to produce this show yeah, and no we're not going to go takes. in debt you know yeah. like we're not you know like we're not going to screw ourselves but we're going to put this show on and and that's been part of the i mean even our park show was like that mm -hmm. where where you know i mean we didn't have the money to rent a theater and we had this beautiful show and and it was like okay well how do we adapt it? How do you know? How do we creatively mm -hmm. problem solve? And that brings us back to this problem solving or this um, accessibility to be able to show and create work, and what an amazing platform the Fringe Festival is yeah. for that. Um, whether you have a budget or not. Mm -hmm. But speaking of support, uh, do you are you guys successful with grants or what? How do you? Uh, survive because of course i mean selling out a fringe run makes you money but not necessarily enough not, to keep such a, a big company alive amount, year yeah. round so i'm i'm curious how you make that work well it's we've i mean we've been very lucky i mean the canoe festival presenting us helped and then alberta foundation for the arts actually gave me an independent project grant for that production so that paid all of our artists and and that was Great. just huge we recently were the first edmonton company to be invited to the guelph contemporary dance festival mm -hmm. and then that led to a cultural relations grant through the company which is our first company grant which is really exciting because yeah. it's you know i mean we're we incorporated july 9th last year so we just reached our one-year incorporation where we have financial papers and can start applying for organizational funding great so it's everything's moving quickly i mean we have charitable status in the works and hopefully september yes. will be on our road there but we i mean last year it was really interesting because we came out of fringe we basically went into a business you know like two and a half to three months of 
a business planning, building, yeah. marketing, sponsorship meetings, meeting with executive directors all over Alberta to just talk about, okay, how do we build a sustainable company? And then we flipped into show mode, you know, built our biggest production to date and then flipped back into business mode and season planning for this year where we did our first self-produced tour and, mm -hmm. and that. So, I mean, it's definitely kind of learning how to, how to divide a year and go, okay, these things are equally important. So how yeah. do we how do we do that when there's one that we love and there's one that's necessary yeah. and how um when you say we so toy guns who who are the core members uh, of this of this group well in this case the we is is uh me and our executive director rochelle thorson mm -hmm. so we we basically were the team that was working from september through april setting up this summer um i mean there's there's members that are dancing with us all year and we do a bunch of small performances as well so i mean they're I mean, amazing artists and hugely supportive on the administration side because I think they've learned that if they're not, it simply won't get done. Yeah. Um, and then Justin Coutts, who was one of the people who started with us early on when we mm -hmm. did our first projects and then got a long term contract touring and performing as a lead in the show so he went away for nine months and now he's back in a role of like associate director and that's been a huge help so it's Great. yeah it's it's you know it's that small kind of bud and it just keeps growing yeah a so, bit of a family yeah it's <laughs> it's getting there <laughs> hmm. um and what's uh, what's next or is it kind of like, oh, I need a vacation after this or oh, are you jumping no, right we, into the we never current stop. of things <laughs> um well Actually, we just completed a music video through Telus Story Hive. Um, because they do an Alberta and BC uh, video funding thing. So we're just kind of on the tail end of that, and it's about to be um, screened on Thursday, I believe. So that's exciting. Uh, and then next we have a mask show. So it's actually it takes place in the afterlife, and it's um, this. I wrote a graphic novel that we're now doing as like a photography novel. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a very, it's an odd project, but it's quite amazing. And there's some information about it on our website, but it's, it's the, after the story that takes place in the book, um, it, it, she, uh, the lead character is basically killed by a mob of animals and then ends up in a unique part of the afterlife that's specifically made for people who were killed by um, animals and it's kind of a weird idea of God being like you were too dumb to stay alive I gave you all you know all the abilities of a human mm -hmm. and a dog got the best of you like really get it together so it's it's a little bit sarcastic but yeah. it's but it's mostly about you know it's a it's about how we see life and perceptions and, and whether the judgments we use are right or wrong and how kind of ridiculous it is where it comes from. So that's why we kind of wanted to start with a premise that was a little off kilter where you went, well, maybe, but not like maybe that's interesting or maybe it's legitimate and maybe it isn't. But what what is and what isn't? So I'm really excited about that. Uh, that show just because we have uh, Earth Ninja Leather is doing these uh, leather masks for us. Earth and Ninja it, Leather, and it's and they're just they're just stunning. Anyone who's seen them is just floored. Um, and then in the spring next year, we're going to be mounting a two act, the full version of um, Red Wine, French Toast, and the best sex you've ever had, which might have a new title because it's becoming an entirely new show, which was kind of the show that I had in my head initially. And we have a mm. uh, visual artist working with us to create a massive painted backdrop. It's a reinterpretation of the Salvador Dali painting that inspired the world. So the 
the piece was written and then this painting kind of came in late in the process and it just went, this is it. Like this is, mm. this is where we live. This is what we want to be. And now we're going to get to see the full thing. And I've been developing it over the last few months with a bunch of different artists and actors. And, and one of my friends, Chris Bullitt told me a story that is now probably the pinnacle moment of the entire piece. And I can't <laughs> wait to see him climb up a ladder to a microphone suspended above the stage and, and tell us his story. So that's yeah something Very to look exciting. forward to so much so much coming up usually <laughs> yeah <laughs> so for those who are listening uh we are currently in edmonton at the international fringe theater festival um we are talking to jake hasty and uh if you want to follow all of these upcoming projects that jake just mentioned visit their website toygunstheater.com to find more information on all these uh lovely upcoming projects um yeah, but right now, right now, they have a show, a wonderful show that's happening in the festival uh, that will be running all the way till the 23rd, so you can catch them between now and then. Sometimes they have two shows in the same day, 2 p.m., 6 p.m., sometimes at 8 p.m. Just check out their website for the scheduling. If you want tickets, you can go to tickets.fringetheater.ca for the Edmonton Fringe box office. Um, so... Thank you so much for talking about all of that. And we look forward to uh, the future. Well, we thank you. To... We're applying for many um, festivals and hoping to come visit you in the near future. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, we'll bring, bring it to Montreal. We have a beautiful dance community there. I've heard nothing but wonderful things. So <laughs> thank you. Great. Thanks. The Dirty Feet Podcast is produced and hosted by Produit et animé par Alison Burns J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Morin-Robert We have Mainline Theatre, Montreal Improv Theatre and Paula Flalo to thank. Merci pour le soutien. Vous pouvez visiter notre site web, écouter les derniers épisodes, lire notre blog, nous aimer sur Facebook et nous suivre sur Twitter. You can visit our website, listen to past episodes, read our blog, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Show us some love and help us spread the word. Montrez-nous un peu d'amour et aidez-nous à passer le mot.